0: Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and my guest this week is Beth Ann Kamenkow, global CEO of VML Y&R Commerce and CEO of VML Y&R New York. VML Y&R Commerce launched just under a year ago after WPP folded commerce agency geometry under VML Y&R the product of another merger in 2018. The Commerce Division adds structure around a dedicated offering in a growing investment area for clients, while creating opportunities to expand relationships organically with existing clients. Cam & Cow chats about how commerce is evolving to become more central to client marketing plans, likening the disruption of that to that of digital advertising years ago. VML Y&R is positioning itself at the intersection of commerce and creativity as social media, influencers, and content become part of the commerce journey. Cam and Cow also discusses VMLYNR's hunt for talent that's diverse in both background and skill sets, the growing trend of job pluralism, and how the agency is helping clients navigate supply chain issues leading up to the holiday season. Hey, Beth Ann, how are you? I'm great, Allison. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, awesome. So you you kind of have two jobs at VML Y&R. You're CEO of VML Y&R Commerce, and then you also oversee the New York office. So talk to me a little bit about those two roles, how you balance them, where they come together, et cetera. Well,
1: the New York edition is new. So I will speak from my early experience, um, but I'm going to first promote for everybody here job pluralism. We've heard that word used, and I absolutely believe it's a trend. So I maybe I'm just jumping on that bandwagon of, you know, how we as leaders and, and everyone, quite honestly, one enjoy a bit of a multitasking, you know, role environment now, and um, you know, to have your 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 hands and your feet in, in different camps at the same time. Um, I think, and I, I think many of us have been probably acting in that way, and then now titles and. Formal, you know, making these things a bit more formal, formality is, is beginning to take hold. So, from um, my specific case right now, I think one, there's a lot of um, overlap in what I'm doing. Uh, as VML YR and VML YNR Commerce coming together, there is um, a lot of integration within that vision and strategy. And um, we're going to talk a little bit later, but commerce is obviously becoming more of a center of gravity and more present and prevalent in prioritization of, of clients' marketing mix. And so there's the ability to connect those dots um, in, a, in a place like New York City, which matters a lot. We're setting out in New York to really make sure that our profile and reputation equals all the great work that we've been doing and the growth that we've had um, in that market. And we also think it continues to be a critical market virtually and physically for the future of advertising and marketing. And so we want to you know, bring a different level of profile and attention to the work that we're doing there. And um, I was excited to be able to have the opportunity to do that and to work with such great talent across all aspects and areas of our business.
0: So talk to me about this pluralism trend. It's, it's sort of the first time I'm hearing of it, although now that you mention it, I, I do see it a lot everywhere. I've just never really like talked about it as a trend. Um, is this happening more often in the agency world, and do you think it has to do with just... You know, formalizing positions that you were already juggling, or um, more of like, you know, having fewer people oversee more things?
1: Um, well, I think that there, one, you know, we're recognizing that in all of our roles and communities um, professionally, there's more places of intersection, let's say, or, you know, if we look at even like the broader trends of intersectionality, like there is we're recognizing and I think giving language to more ways that we are acting um, across a continuum and in, in, in much more dimensional ways in our in our roles. And I think many organizations, like even way, way well beyond the advertising community, if you look at clients, you look at consulting firms, there's a lot of double hatting going on. And I think to your point, there, we're probably moving into a time where we're actually formalizing that and calling it out and making it you know, one, okay, but recognizing when people are doing it so that it's that, the, that role clarity and role definition, um, one perpetuates and, uh, you know, generates the kind of, um, accountability and responsibility that we want these roles to, to have, and then also recognizes and promotes the, the work that people are doing that is, you know, expansive in nature. So I, I think, You know, there's a lot of um, sort of counter trends happening right now. There, one, a lot of visibility around, you know, recreating boundaries and making sure that workloads are um, possible, Mm -hmm. and you know that our speed of which we're all working hasn't gotten to a place of diminishing returns, and that we're taking care of each other's mental health and and well-being. But yet, at the same time, um, recognizing the is, again, how dimensional our roles have become, and um, the um, amount of scope and responsibility that people are taking on, um, given the the you know um, needs and pressures on our businesses today. And I, I I like both. You know, I like the ability to say we all have to now feel very empowered to set our boundaries and to be clear where we have to turn things off and um, you know set our limits, but also the ability to. Uh, recognize people for, you know, the the juggling and the multifaceted roles that we are all playing in our organizations today.
0: Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Um, and I think, you know, even recognizing it, it almost leads into like, creating more balance, right? Because if you have it in your title, then you know that this person is doing two separate, but related things and you know, that that your day is going to be taken up by those things. So it's interesting for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about commerce, obviously. Um, it's been about a year since you launched VML Y&R Commerce, which was um, initially sort of came from Geometry, which was a uh, WPP commerce-focused agency. Talk about um, what's changed since the launch. What capabilities have you developed? Client relationships? Like, what's one year later, what's the state of the state? <laughs>
1: Well, it's quite exciting. I mean, the timing could not have been better. I think we were on a great trajectory and track as geometry, but I think the um, vision that, you know, first of all, starting with Mark Reed, and I, I know the a lot of the leadership across WPP and even, you know, board input that we've had, and then, of course, myself and John Cook were bringing to the table. I think that ability to join forces with one of the larger creative agencies within WPP to, quote unquote, simplify our user interface for clients and, um, you know, to build on strength on strength, which was the position that VML Y&R had when we came together and then our own position as Geometry Global with a very clear proposition and positioning and being able to fit a need that we both had, quite honestly. Um, at a time where clients were, as we've just talked about, moving the commerce agenda up on their list of priorities for their companies. So it has done nothing but continue the momentum. It's fed and fueled a lot of what we needed to continue to cultivate our, our proposition and our talent. So what we do, one of the things that we did do was, um, not only did we create this distinct brand that fits as a massive puzzle piece within vmly and r We've also been able to bring in some of the assets and strengths that were living within VML YNR that just didn't have necessarily critical mass to have the impact in the market that they wanted. Um, so, Rockfish, for instance, was an acquisition that was made in the US, very strong digital commerce capability. Um, in fact, in some cases, we were competing with them as geometry, even though we were all in the same family together. Uh, And now we had the beauty of bringing these teams together that wanted nothing more than to actually join forces versus have to kind of compete. And and it gave us a much stronger end-to-end capability around commerce where clients needed it today. And in some ways has made us, I think, one of the only global commerce capabilities that's not just you know, a new spun up capability based on digital commerce or based on direct to consumer or shopper, um, you know, social shopping. It was based on a true legacy and heritage in all things retail, you know, in kind of the original ideas of shopper marketing and activate brand activation and experiential combined with this massive digital commerce force and the ability to now continue to attract new talent into um, you know, people who come from retail media backgrounds and understand what's happening in the retailers' media networks um, and data analytics elements that are just so crucial to how we think about commerce capability today and really have just a very strong depth and breadth of commerce capability.
0: Well, to your point, um, you know, commerce is becoming so central to the marketing agenda, especially after COVID, when everyone started ordering everything online, Um what do you where do you see the role for like a dedicated commerce agency like VMLY and our commerce versus what all of the other agencies are doing, which is just sort of embedding commerce into their capabilities, whether it's media agencies or creative agencies. I feel like, you know, commerce is becoming an offering that you really can't not have as an agency.
1: So it's one part of the natural cycle of these disciplines as they come into the industry and become more prominent. Uh, and two, it's uh, two go-to-market strategies, which is what we've really been focused on at BML, Y&R. So we have the value and benefit because there are very large budgets associated with commerce work, as there should be. And I think that will only be growing in importance. And, and sometimes you're serving a different client. So it gives you the ability to have, whether it's retained or project-based work or even product-based work, operating models now that are specific to commerce needs for a client that may come from sales. We talked about media. Uh, It may come from a new kind of e-comm, digital talent in the organization. It might come from a chief revenue or chief customer officer. Um, And it may come from a marketer, quite honestly, where they have, you know, distinct needs that are scopes of work that are specific to the commerce agenda. Some of this can even be organizationally oriented, um, not just, you know, whether it's B2B or internal org structure or capability evolutions where we're helping build capability with our clients, which may not be ongoing, but is something that over the next 18 to 24 months becomes a priority for an organization. So... It gives us the ability to not have um, our capability become invisible, if you will, and collapse within the org org structure of the agency, but really define, distinct, have the boundaries that are necessary when you're really building something that has to be scaled globally and has to have the the depth of capability and ownership to it. Got it. that's That's one strategy. The second strategy, quickly, is what you talked about, which is also to be very free-flowing. We have a, a very simple kind of strategy around um, building brand experience into consumer's experience with commerce at the center, and that's really about creating connected brands. And when we have clients that are um, buying that from us and, and seeing our, our kind of front doors an agency, a much bigger business enterprise brand um, need or expression and or a digital transformation, Um, value proposition, then commerce can easily be and is in how we've structured things very integrated into the broader proposition for clients. And so one of the the benefits of what we've done with the combining forces is has been organic growth. So we've been largely fueled this year, not just from new wins, but from a significant amount of organic growth across all of our big clients.
0: Got it. So it's part like commerce, commerce only remits, and then part bringing commerce into existing client relationships. Exactly. So talk about how you work with like, um, you know, VML, VML, YNR itself was a massive merger a few years ago between VML and YNR. So talk about how, you know, you're able to tap into both of those sides of the organization, the creative, and then also, um, the digital and then also and then talk about how that that integration is going in general like do you feel like that's cohesive um, and how does it add to the commerce capabilities you can deliver
1: I have to say I've been really blown away and hugely impressed with um, what we all found when we joined forces with VML YNR. like you can always um, feel it when you're in the you know, WPP family a bit and you get a you know a good feel for the talent and what feels like it's you know You can sometimes sense when there's dysfunction and there just never felt like that. It just always Felt like there was sort of an immediate traction that came to, came from that bringing together of VML and Y&R And I think part of it was because there was such distinct capability that um, was being merged at the right time in the market and they just didn't allow for, you know, sort of internal politics and things that can sometimes get in the way and get distracting to take the eye off of serving the client and, and making everything that they do in service of what clients need and where the demand was in the market. And um, I think, you know, John and I felt the same thing when we were doing this with geometry was we started with sort of culture and fit and, and human capital, like people at the heart. You know, one of the things that John loves to say is as we get bigger, if you feel smaller, something's going wrong. And so we really have put a huge focus on our talent, our leaders to make sure that they see the journey for themselves and they see the benefit and what's in it for them. And that we're making a bigger world for everyone to feel like they're thriving and they're, they have more exciting job pluralism opportunities <laughs> <laughs> if that's what they want. And so I think that um, the in terms of like your points about um, you know the digital and then the brand, Pieces um, that were also, you know, happening even before us. Um, again, a lot of it was. Um making sure that you had really strong integrated teams that could feel comfortable and confident sharing their areas of expertise, but everybody was also learning from that at the same time. It wasn't like done in a territorial way, but there was a real mutual respect for the different skills that people were bringing to the table. And that created this curiosity and excitement inside to wanna learn from each other and wanting to have really smart people collectively and collaboratively at the table with one another. And we've been embraced the same way from a commerce point of view. And you recognize that um, you, one, you can look at the past and see like what what worked and what didn't work about sort of digital transformation, and just apply some of those learnings to what's happening with commerce transformation. And it's with the focus on like m- remaining really relevant for our clients, and knowing that this moment isn't going to be as significant forever, and we're on to the next thing. And, and you know, and what are the pieces that we learn in terms of you know data changes and the um, importance of um, evidence-based creative work that leads to really strong brand building and and just not doing things in just traditional ways because that's the way it's been done. You know, it's really looking at what are the new models and new ways that we need to adopt so that we can take our clients on this journey with us. So I, I think that's at the heart of a lot of it. And I think, um, you know, you know, constantly also looking to bring in one, elevate great talent, but also bring in from the outside um, some really interesting new talent as well that are looking at the world in new ways. And a big part of that is, you know, we haven't gotten there yet, but, you know, is sort of diversity as well mm-hmm. diversity of thought and diversity of talent to um, change things up, to push our thinking uh, and to make sure that we're reflecting the consumer of today, you know, the person ultimately who we need to win over with the brands that we represent and making sure that the work that we're doing is reflecting the environment and the lives that they're living, which is where a lot of our commerce capability was um, transforming around is like first called living commerce platform. Now it's connected commerce platform, but it's having the ability to all real time have that, that data and insight at your fingertip. Um, and to ha- make sure that we have voice of the consumers coming through everything that we're doing, because that informs the capability that's needed to deliver the marketing of the of the future.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about talent. I mean, there's this ongoing global talent crunch um, at, you know, at the same time that everyone's sort of reevaluating their career paths. Um, agencies really need to change, almost evolve the skill sets of the people that they're hiring, look outside of the industry, um, diversity of background and also skill sets. So what are you looking for when, first of all, are you feeling the talent crunch? And second of all, what sorts of skill sets are you looking for? Um, You know, what's, what's competitive out there? And then how are you finding these people? Uh,
1: Well, it's a a real subject um, in terms of the, well, your your language sort of a crisis right now. Um, It's multidimensional also like there, you know, we have the she's Session where we've lost women um, from the from all areas of the business, not just ourselves, but our clients, and you see it across the industry at greater rates, and that's disturbing. Considering we were on a you know change agenda in terms of female um, equitability in the workforce, um, there's the diversity elements of that um, on all continuums, uh, and then there's new skills. And so I think any, for anyone to say that we're, this shouldn't be number one priority in our minds and, the, and how we speak and think with our clients, um, I think that you'd be really, you know, remiss in how you're going to have a strategy that's going to be sustainable for the future. So we are taking it very seriously. The first um, and most important foundational thing that we do um, in, you know, being about connected brands is also being about a connected culture around that. And, um, you know, it is definitely walk the talk, talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it's actions speak louder than words at, at the agency. And so we're very much about whether it's through ERGs and through tons of content, and open conversation and um, training and development and sensitivity, understanding that we're we're pushing on all fronts and all directions and trying to make sure that we're hearing from every voice we possibly can in the agency um, in, in a way that is absolutely about challenging our status quo and our thinking and, um, you know, creating greater empathy and sensitivity in the organization and then doing that in in a collaborative way with our clients in a very strong partnership way, offering this to our clients, but making sure that we're being transparent and visible with our action and how we're uh, like aligning this to the actual work that we produce for them as well. One example recently from us is um, we have this incredible talented person um, that was in our creative department was very frustrated with how fast we were moving on certain topics, how we were still not reflecting the sensitivity and the expressions that they would want to see in some of our work, and that we weren't um, driving change fast enough or with you know full understanding of what was happening in the LGBTQ plus community, that we created a new role for them that is all around... Um, a creative leader role that is about bringing this diversity of thought into all the creative work that we do. And it really got us thinking, one, about our own internal programs and things that we were doing, even around mental health and how we were truly che- treating each other and the things that, like, if you think about our industry for you know decades, centuries, really, because we're professional services and we are here to support our clients' needs, our timelines are usually crazy. We, it's not unusual at all for us to work, you know, exorbitant hours a week. And especially when you're in a crunch mode on a deadline or on a new business pitch. And we sort of ask our people oftentimes to do superhuman things. And I think COVID- put a real spotlight on this as have the kind of conversations that we've now been open to having in, in our organizations. And this person has done an extraordinary job of really respectfully challenging some of those things that we just got comfortable with. And we let that let, let, let that be okay. And yeah. so I think moving someone into a position like this, empowering their voice in a new way, um, then sends that message to others and kind of frees up and liberates a, con- a kind of conversation and way of participating in our um, roles and day-to-day business in ways that we just weren't before.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, what about like the the diversity and skill sets that you need? Like obviously inclusion is absolutely top of mind, but I also feel like there's this like shift in, in the workforce in terms of like what the type of talent agencies need to hire. Um, are you looking like outside of your typical places and, and, and what sorts of roles are you looking to fill right now?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, first of all, it, it is exciting. Like I was just with a client when the client who runs e-commerce for their company said to me, I've, you know, I've now been in e-commerce for 15 years. And I kind of like did the calculation and said, wait a minute, is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. since e-commerce was born. <laughs> exactly. And I love that. Like I, and that's who we're looking for. We're looking for people who came from Amazon or a Walmart, you know, or were leading dot coms and e-commerce, um, you know, companies or for their companies um, from kind of the early stages and have now that that history of experience to bring with them. Uh, we're looking for you know people who are coming out of media backgrounds or have been running retail media networks out of their companies with a different level of insight and intelligence. And data is obviously almost now cliche, but we're all looking for engineers and data scientists and you know, people who have d- data backgrounds. Not to put them in an island, actually, though. All these kind of capabilities we're trying to bring in in order to truly upskill I I was on a call earlier today and one of our, um, you know, heads of experience and innovation in the company, Jeff Gahab made this comment to all of us, like, we're gonna continue to bring in, you know, data scientists and and heads of data, but it's all of our jobs. Um, And I loved how he said that boldly to this group of leaders that we're all tackling this um, digital transformation challenge with one of our clients, that we, can't outsource this even in, in, in our own companies. We have to um, recognize that this new language, that these new skills, that this understanding really has to be spread in bench strength across many, many people. Sure, mm-hmm. it's going to be at varying degrees and layers. But we have to make sure that we really are upskilling every day, and the tools are out there. I mean, again, it, it's fi- finding the time, but more than ever, you know, you can kind of get on into online programs. WPP has done a wonderful job of creating academies. We had a Martech Academy. We're now into the Commerce Academy. Um, a lot of it's self-served up, and there's, you know, there's a, we you know, a lot of ways of kind of getting um, at least that baseline understanding of what these concepts mean and how you start to think about applying them. So yeah. I do think it's absolutely that combination of new talent, but constantly thinking about upskilling people who have been in the agency environment for a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, to that point, um, the, the branding and creative teams at, at and YNR, how are they thinking about commerce differently? Um, are, how is being so close to, you know, such a strong creative team, um, sort of shaping your commerce capabilities, and are they willing to get involved in in these types of commerce-driven projects?
1: I'm so glad you went back to that, because I know you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I didn't really go into it yet. And I did want to say, like, for one thing, what we find for us is that there's a shared commonality around creativity. And one of the things that we started as geometry and now have brought into, in a very big way, the VML, r side of how we're thinking about commerce is what we call creative commerce. And we're doing this for ourselves, we're doing this for our clients, we're doing it for the industry. And I think similar to when digital disrupted traditional advertising, the same thing is happening in commerce. And again, it goes back to the consumer. The consumer has a massive expectation that where they engage and where they engage, especially and choose to engage with brands is going to be highly engaging and about experience and about things that will interest them and are relevant to them. And that's gonna come from creativity. And now when you think about all of the players in our space now that are considered having a commerce um, like um, utility or function Um, or, you know, commerce is taking place in those channels. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Pinterest, all these different marketplaces beyond just our typical retailers, but even our retailers, uh, it's all about content colliding with and intersecting with experience, engagement, and the ability to buy and shop. And so I think making sure that, and we say this all the time, these channels can be the most creative canvas and the future creative canvas is what's really exciting. You know, when we talked Omnichannel before, it was like sort of about how do you match a brand language across many different retail channels? That's what Omnichannel was sort of inherently about, but we're in unified commerce, which is about multiple channels for communicating with the consumer um, and in ex- creating a ex- striving experience for the consumer that are now all chances for creatively engaging through brand expression, through brand equities. And so no one has all the answers. And what we're getting so excited about in the rooms that I'm in when we're designing for clients solutions is understanding the problem to be solved, the business problem or the consumer problem, um, using a, you know a, a experience, design, sensibility through that and then thinking about, okay, this the one moment we have to hook a consumer is likely going to be a commerce moment or a com- you know in something that could be a commerce channel. And the expectation in that moment is to be both engaged and to want to, you know, drive to conversion. And so how are we thinking about these things in more integrated fashion, truly integrated fashion? And that comes from having multiple people at the table thinking about things from their different areas of expertise and specialism. But doing it in a way that's really designing a different experience and different output at the end of the day. And when we worked with the award shows as well, like we've been you know, very vocal with Cannes and they've been incredibly receptive and they're moving in this direction of one, elevating commerce as a category for awards and recognition. And um, it's not just about how effective something is, although that's important, but it's also about how creative something is and across digital and physical channels. So no longer are we thinking about commerce as just traditional retail, but at the same time, the work that's being spotlighted isn't just about how something is going to live digitally. It is about really thinking about how we reimagine commerce.
0: Yeah. I mean, to your point, there's so much is, so much is changing about commerce. And I, I like your analogy to digital advertising because it really is that disruptive, I think. Like there's all these different places you can buy and, you know, the the social commerce trend is really interesting because it brings influencers and content into the mix um which is you know typically a transaction used to just be the bottom of the funnel right like the transaction but now that funnel has collapsed even more um and then at the same time you have all the retail media networks and and different you know media properties you can engage with from a commerce perspective given all of this is going on and changing so quickly. Like what are your sort of, where are you focused in on for the future? Like where do you, where are you placing your bets?
1: So I was going to quote a client there if I can, without calling out his name, but we were just in a meeting in the last um, day or so where, you know, he was like F the line and F the funnel. And it was <laughs> super um, it's like it's inspiring to hear a client actually say that. And it doesn't mean that the journey doesn't matter, and that people aren't on a continuum, and that there aren't reasons for thinking brand building, brand awareness generating, and things that we used to traditionally think about as upper funnel, and then getting driving people into conversion—all that still matters. It just matters in a you know a, a, a one data-informed way that creates a different understanding of what is really taking place and what you know when and where consumers are going to be most receptive to what messages. So I think that's how we see things. I mean, we are very much about building connected brands. And that means you're recognizing and respecting a connected consumer. Um, And so brand experience absolutely matters, putting and infusing emotional messages out there that are purposeful and meaningful and deepen and strengthen the relationship that consumers have with your brands, Um, and now doing that in a way that's much more um, authentic to the brand, but also you know, with informed by a complete empathy and um, relevance to the consumer. I think you know, it, it takes even more uh, um, you know care than probably ever in our in our industry's history. But at the same time, now thinking that side by side with what is the consumer experience and the sort of interface design around the brand that is going you know that is going to matter for the future. That is much more. Um, sometimes digital first, mobile first for sure uh, is about less friction and you know, an ease of delivering an experience that shows consumers at a personalized level that you really understand them and again, care for them. And then all of that coming ar- you know coming back to, ultimately, it is about um, the commercial success of a brand and a product and a business. <laughs> and so I think those those three dimensions in equal importance and being able to get that right, to raise the level of um, relationship that we have with our clients to be much more um, business enterprise level, um, truly offering a creative transformation tied to that you know business imperative that they're that they have uh, is exactly where I think we we see our you know we see the future and we see the role of all agencies, but certainly our agency playing.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it's going to have a big a big impact on the way agencies are organized and what they focus on, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, covering that. Um, I want to ask you quickly about a, a current challenge that brands are facing in the commerce space, which is the supply chain. Um, with the holiday season coming up, I know it's top of everyone's minds. Where, what are you seeing? How are you advising your clients to navigate this, this issue?
1: Uh, Well, it is very challenging and very disappointing, and I feel for, you know, uh, the companies and clients that we work with and the fact that we all are, you know, going to be navigating this and even people on the receiving end, on the consumer end, um, the pain that this causes economically and, you know, personally. I would say that um, one is we probably wouldn't have thought a few years ago that this was going to be so critical to how we think about marketing and the support that we give to our clients. Um, And And I'm really pleased, actually, that it is, you know, that it is our responsibility, along with our clients, to be able to manage this part of their business. When we say end-to-end, it is absolutely about having that view into supply chain, logistics, fulfillment, distribution, last mile. All of these elements are really part of um, marketing today and the, the relationship that we have with our clients and then the role of the CMO. And so the more that we can do to help them have visibility into these issues and to make sure that um, our e team is famous for saying that we are not spending money putting media dollars against products and advertising where there isn't going to be one available and it's not going to be fulfilled is critically important. So it's there's a real-time, always-on aspect of how we manage this demand. The second piece, I think, is... Um, just like we talked about with kind of consumer transparency and um, delivering against consumer need. The last thing we want to do, too, is um, set expectations for something that can't be delivered for consumers. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a, a really important logistic element of you know making sure that um, on being responsible to and on behalf of consumers that we're making sure that uh, we are, you know, keeping them aware and educated for on behalf of the brands and products that they're looking for. And then the third piece is um, helping our clients come up with solutions in real time that allow for their business performance to continue to be high and figure out, are there creative things that we can do in other parts of their product portfolio? Are there solutions that we can be coming up with? Are there other markets where we ourselves can... Um, leverage to drive uh, a different kind of fulfillment, uh, and you know, look at their own business in ways that that enable and facilitate a responsiveness to these challenges. You know, in the we do a lot of work in the auto category, and for some of the auto companies that we work with, making sure you know the used car category, for instance. You know, getting buying back cars from people who have them and trading them up into other cars and being able to, uh, you know, again, uh, help adjust and adapt to the supply chain pressures that they're feeling. A lot of that has been marketing solves and creative things. That I think that's what when WPP talks creative transformation, one of the roles that we see laddering up to creative transformation is that ability to come to the table with some of these unique solves for their business
0: yeah i think to your, i was thinking about how we were talking about f the funnel um it's almost like f the uh the silos right like you need the the supply chain data you need the sales data you don't want to be marketing to people who then are going to be frustrated because they can't get their product on time so it's and the always, last thing that clients
1: need is an agency that reflects the silos that the client has yeah and, you know client we, we can do as much as we can to help our clients think differently about their structures and to continue to evolve and transform their businesses. But it takes time. And I think the, what, we've, what we have recognize agencies have kind of fallen into, in some, in some cases, you know, the habit of almost reflecting those same silos and complexities. And so one of the things that we've really tried hard to do is, is not be that, you know, to be the enabler and facilitator, to be able to see across those corners that sometimes our clients can't.
0: For sure, that's 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 why they keep you around, right? <laughs> um, well, thank you, Beth Ann. This was really interesting um, conversation. Commerce is definitely, definitely probably one of the biggest topics across marketing right now, and you guys are right in the thick of it. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on, and good luck getting through the holiday season. Thanks, Allison. Thanks for having me, and I'm
1: still very confident about the holiday season. I think it will be a good holiday for. Hopefully many of the businesses that we serve and hopefully everyone listening today have happy holidays, starting with actually 11-11, which is right around the corner, uh, Alibaba um, Singles Day going into Black Friday and Thanksgiving and then into the holidays.
0: All right, guys, you heard it here. Get out your checkbooks now. <laughs> okay. Bye, then. Bye-bye. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.